Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the Live Life Golden Show. This is episode 35. We are looking at addictions today, addictions to emotions and outside sources. There are so many things, so many things to be addicted to right now that uh, this conversation may run a little long. I'm going to be honest with you. I got a lot to say about this situation. So I'll just give you a little backstory on, um, well, I want to go into emotions and I want to go into like alcohol addiction, drug addiction, TV, food, social media. I'm going to go into all of it because this is the thing about addiction. If you realize that you have something in your life that has power over you, you are activating from a powerless state. So if there's something in your life that you keep saying, I, you know, your heart keeps calling you to let it go, your heart keeps calling you not to do it, or after you do it, you're beating yourself up for it, you know you got an addiction. You know, when when you've got something that you do not have power over, that is an addiction. So I looked up definitions, because you know I love to do that, and I like pulling them apart. So the definition of addiction is the fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity. I find it interesting that the definition of addiction has the word addicted in it. Hello? I My definition of it is just anything that has power over you. Anything that has any activity, any substance, or any emotion that has the ability to take you off your horse, to take you out of the game, to put you in a situation where you do not feel like you have the say. You will push um, your well-being aside for this particular thing. And we're going to go through how addictions to substances actually connect to addictions to emotions. Um, I also looked up, because I found this interesting, psychological dependence. And I found, because if you look at the human body, okay, your cells regenerate every couple of days. Every couple of days, like every seven days, you basically have a new body, right? The reason why we connect with energies and continued cycles or disease or illness or pain or whatever is because we have the same frequency that we had before that connects with that particular thing happening in our body. So when it comes to addiction, your body actually, um, when it comes to substances, like putting substances in your body, your body will adjust to those substances and it will do whatever it needs to do to detox them, right? Because it does that, it doesn't detox other things in your body. So that's kind of a bummer. Like if you're drinking alcohol, your liver is detoxing the alcohol before it detoxes any of the toxins that it normally should be detoxing. So you end up with a lot of toxins in your system. That's one thing. That's like the chemical thing that happens in when you're ingesting alcohol or even drugs. The thing that happens with emotions is you get emotional ties to these certain substances and that's what actually creates the addiction. It's not the body. We, Unless you're like super down the road with the alcoholism and you're drinking all day long, you're not going to have that physical dependency if you're just doing it every weekend or, you know, even if you're doing it every night, unless you're ingesting a lot of alcohol, you don't really have the physical dependence. It's really the psychological dependence that creates the cravings that tunes you into the frequency within your body to create those cravings. So hopefully you don't have the physical dependency because I think it's a little bit harder to get away from it when you have the physical dependency because then you're going to have physical symptoms that are going to scare the crap out of you, I think. I think once you get to that point, you need some help. You need to get some help. Okay. So psychological dependence refers to the conditioned responses triggered by events or feelings that compel, that's the important word there, that compel an individual to use a substance such as drugs or alcohol. Triggers can be anything from a person associated with the using of the drugs of choice, I like that they use the word choice in there, and can cause strong emotions that influence the addictive behavior. So how interesting is that? So they even reference 
triggers. They even reference triggers as the emotional connection that drives the behavior. And we're going to break this all down today so we can really get clear on what drives addictive behavior and what drives addictions to emotions. Because once you have an addiction to an emotion, that emotion drives a behavior. You've got to break it down. You got to start with, you know, where does it begin? Where does this, where did I board the train or where did I get on the ride? And this is going to help you to break free from that. So I've got lots of tools and tricks today. Uh, well, let's see. I'm going to share a little bit about my history of, of addiction and certain things that I've been addicted to and kind of my, where I've come from in the scope. I'm going to be really authentic today. I'm going to share some, some deep stuff in my own life experience just to help you to see why I even have the ability to speak to this, especially because I still drink some alcohol. Okay. So you might think that I don't have, you know, what's this bitch talking about? She's not even sober, but honestly, um, I'm feeling the hooks of alcohol is really releasing from me. And that's a, a very cool thing, but, uh, but we'll get into that. All right. So growing up, now, I want you to look at your life when you were growing up and what the social programming's. And I'm just going to deal, I think I'm just going to deal with alcohol right now. I've never really had, I, uh, I dabbled in some weed when I was younger, but that was, that was seriously just a high school thing. Um, but I want to just deal with, with alcohol because I think alcohol is so big and there's such a social programming around it and it kind of like everybody does it, right? So when I was growing up, Alcohol was like totally acceptable. Like it was like what people did. It was what the adults did. And in in my family and growing up, you know, it was every holiday. It was every funeral. It was everything we celebrated. It was it was around. It was always around. Um, I remember my dad used to have a bunch of beer in the fr the fridge in the garage, and and I remember sneaking them. We started sneaking them around 12, 13 years old. It tasted so terrible. I remember one New Year's Eve, I was with my best friend, and we were mixing beer with root beer to try to make it taste better. And I don't know that we even ever like had an effect from it. Um, I also remember my brother that night hitting a wall and throwing up all over our bathroom, and I had to deal with that. I remember that too. Um, I remember my parents, I remember, this was so interesting. I've been thinking about this lately. We would go to my grandmother's house on Sunday and my mom, they really didn't drink. My grandfather wasn't a big drinker. They had like their shot and their beer when they were watching football. But, um, my parents didn't really drink around that situation. Cause it wasn't like a drinking situation. Like that wasn't really the drive of that. It was like the family gatherings every week. My parents were probably hung over from the night before, to be honest. So, um, my, they always went out on their, you know, date night on Saturday night and had fun with their friends. No judgment. I'm not judging. So my, my mother and her sisters would be laughing. And I remember me and my cousins just saying like, they're not even drinking alcohol. Like we made the connection between drinking alcohol and having a good time at that very young age. I was probably like six or seven when I made that connection or 10, like super young. So, um, as, as I got older, you know, there was the sneaking of the alcohol, there was drinking too much alcohol, there was being extremely hungover. There was a lot of that going on because, you know, we were kids and we didn't really understand even how to manage it. And I don't even know what the purpose of was it now, like thinking back, but we would like do Jack Daniels with chasers, like Coke chasers. And, oh, I just remember being so sick. So, so, so sick. So many times it was, it was crazy. And I don't, really know what the conscious connect. There was no conscious connection. I was just doing it because everybody else was doing it quite honestly. So as I got older and I started to have kids, actually, when I got into college, I did not really drink at all. I went to like one party, um, saw somebody threw up in front of me and I was done. I'm like, I'm never going to a party again. And I went to a super small college. It actually used to be a, an all girls college. So there was like 10 guys there. And, um, and then I had one other night I remember that I drank and I just hated hangovers. I just hated them. So for the most part in my college years, I only smoked. That was it. And then as I got older and I was hanging out with my family and my parents, like wine just kind of became this thing, right? Like to the point where we had like a box of wine on the fridge. And then I got a job in a bar. 
yeah, a bar restaurant. And yeah, I had some, there was some really interesting times. My girls were little. I was in my early, early twenties. I was overwhelmed as a mother. We were overwhelmed financially. We were living in a tiny apartment and I was drinking a lot, like probably four or five drinks a night, closing the bar down. And, uh, you know, I got to a point where it really affected my marriage. And I remember we had this wonderful landlady. She actually passed away, but she was, oh man, she was like an angel. And I remember us getting into a fight and she must have heard us fighting because our houses were right next door to each other. And I remember her saying, she called me up and she was like, you do whatever you need to do to keep that man. She's like, make him muffins, make him cupcakes, she said. And he had taken off. He had left the house. And, uh, So I really thought about it and I thought about how this job was eroding our marriage. And she told me, she was actually very involved in this bar restaurant and she said, you need to get out of that job. It is going to eat you alive. It has already affected your personality. It's affecting how you mother, it's affecting everything. And I thank God for that woman for talking some sense into this very young girl. I think I was like 22 or 23. And, you know, my parents weren't going to have that conversation with me because they didn't have the same perspective. You know, I was fine as far as they went. I didn't really share a lot of what my personal stuff was. So I ended up quitting that job and I got a day job doing waitressing. And uh, I I do believe that saved my marriage. I do. Uh, The drinking continued, you know, for a long time. It was a daily thing. And I think a lot of us can relate to this daily drinking thing. Maybe you can't. But for a long time, it was the wine, you know, it was like every night we were drinking wine and our lives were extremely stressful. Not that I'm blaming it on that, but there was a, you know, there was this like low level of hangover every single morning where I would be like, I'm not going to drink today because I don't feel good. And then by five o'clock I was drinking again because, you know, the kids and the stress and I had at the time teenagers and toddlers and it was madness. It was madness. So that was our way to relax, right? Like that's what the social programming is, is that it's your way to relax. It's your way to chill out. It's your way to take the edge off of life. So that continued for years and years and years. And then time to time, we would give it up for like Lent, like 45 days of no alcohol. And uh, and we did well. I mean, we were spiritual. We were going to church. You know, we were doing it for Jesus. It was all good. And so we got those breaks of time. I don't know if there was a lot of consciousness around it and how good I felt when I would not do it for a little while. Um, But it wasn't until like the last, I would say, five years that I really started to get conscious about what, what I was doing and how I was feeling about it and how it had power over me. And so I've given it up for huge chunks of time, hundreds of days, 45 days, 30 days. Uh, right now I'm doing Sober November, go me. Uh, before that, I did six weeks because I was in the Transformation Challenge and did a two weekends back on, wasn't liking myself very much. This is what I found. So when I went back to it these last couple, of, the last two weekends or a couple weekends ago before, before Halloween, um, it was every night you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is basically half your week. I have no trouble not drinking Monday to Thursday, no trouble at all. And then Friday night hits and something happens and it's like, woo, let's party. So I don't like that. I don't like that it has control over me. I don't like that I wake up and I don't get drunk. To be totally honest with you, I have two, maybe three, very rarely three, and um, wake up Monday morning feeling confused, feeling foggy, feeling like shit, craving sugar like a mother. Like I got this sugar monster that just wakes up and I was like, give me the sugar. So I notice all these things. Physiologically, I'm noticing. Consciously, I'm noticing. And then when I go back to saying, okay, I'm done for a little while, what I notice is it's harder. It's like alcohol puts its hooks in and it's much harder for me to get away from it. So the first weekend, it's Friday night. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. I can do this. I can do this. So what I did was Friday I made it through and then Saturday I had a little a little struggle going on again because we were going out for dinner. That can be a trigger. Like look at your triggers. Where's your triggers? Where do you like really want to drink, right? And in no means do I think I'm an alcoholic. I absolutely do not. This is the thing about the social programming. Alcohol is an addictive substance. So just like heroin, maybe not as addictive as heroin, but we don't say people are heroinaholics, right? 
heroin is an addictive substance and alcohol is an addictive substance. If you're not addicted to it, awesome. Go you. That's amazing. Um, but it's an addictive substance that we have to look at and say, is this a substance that is bringing any joy to my life? Is it, is it enhancing my life in any way? And so I'm going to share why I'm still okay with a drink here and there. So when it, the first weekend, then Saturday night happens and I'm like, okay, okay, here we go. We're going out to dinner and it starts, you know, the, the, the thoughts start, this is what happens. Okay. So we got these thoughts and then there's neural pathways that we link into. And then before you know it, you are talking yourself into it, baby. It look, it's feeling like a real good idea. So instead of doing that, I interrupted because I'm road mapping right now. If you didn't listen to my last episode, it's all about road mapping. How do you road map? So road mapping is this. I stop. I interrupt the thoughts and I go, okay, first of all, why did I give this up? Why? Why did I say I wanted to do sober November? So I took myself in the past and I thought about that Monday morning when I woke up and my workout sucked and I was feeling confused and I was feeling low emotions, low vibration. Sometimes as soon as I have a drink, I can feel my vibe drop because I'm in a high frequency and alcohol is nowhere in a high frequency. It can enhance your frequency, but you've got to already be in a high state and you have to, you gotta, you have a, you have to have a really good story around it. If you think that alcohol is going to dumb you down, it absolutely will. Or if you think you shouldn't be doing it, that's a big one. So when it came to that Saturday night, I took myself before and I thought about all those things before. Then I took myself after. So I went to the past and then I went to the future. Because if we only think about the now, a lot of times we're going to do this shit. We're going to eat the food. We're going to watch the crap on TV. We're going to do it because we're just like, I don't even care right now. We get this like apathy where it's like, I don't even care, right? So I took myself to the future. The future was how am I going to feel about myself if, I'm, if I don't have integrity? And I've got people that I'm accountable to on my, in my sober group. So like, how am I going to feel telling them that I said, fuck it, right? So looking at that, I went to that. And if I can't make, keep, make, keep promises to myself, who can I keep them to? So that's self-integrity, which I'm huge about, huge. So, um, so I didn't do it. Now I'm two weekends in. This weekend was much easier, much easier. I almost feel like free. Like I've got that freedom train, like it's not bothering me anymore. So it won't come at you anymore because you're interrupting the thought pathways. You're releasing the the body addiction to it, whatever those cells were that were activated, the sugar monster, I like to call it. And you're getting into a pattern with your life where it's not a, it's not a main character. It's not a player. You're not considering it so much. Okay. So that's the first thing. So you got to look at like, what, what did I grow up with? What are the programmings I grew up with? And how do I feel about it right now? Like, is it serving me? Is it something that feels really good for me to do? This goes along with, I don't want to just touch on alcohol today because there's so many wonderful things we can talk about when it comes to addiction. So these are all the things you can be addicted to. Okay. So here I got a little list for you. Um, you got alcohol, you got drugs, you got shopping, eh, been there, done that. Maybe still have a little bit of shopping stuff going on. Um, I mean, I do feel like I have it pretty dialed in because I'm, I'm looking to do something different financially right now. So I don't feel like I'm out of control with shopping like I have in the past. Um, not putting shit on credit cards. That feels really good to me. Um, being busy. Holy crap. Be being busy. Like COVID was the one thing that like shut that down for us. And that's why a lot of people were like scared shitless because they don't even know how to deal with their emotions. And that's why they were living on Netflix and alcohol. My neighborhood was insane. Like they were out drinking at noon, no judgment here, noon every day. Um, so TV is a big one. TV, Netflix, social media, Jesus, I definitely have that one going on. Recently, the last couple of days, I've been just feeling like I just don't even want to look and I'm running businesses on there. So that's tough, but I just go to my groups and I'm, I'm working on just not doing the scroll watch. Um, what is it called? Social dilemma. That was so good. We need this awareness people about how, you know, these, these sites, these media companies, they have designed ways for us to pick up our phone constantly. The notifications, shut off all your notifications. Good Lord. It's an invitation to an addiction. There are dopamine releases with these phones, with this social media stuff, um, the outside validation, you know, the connection, the connection, that um, false sense of connection with people. 
um, hey, I've met a lot of beautiful people on social media and I've met them in person. They usually aren't anything like they were on social media. Um, but the dopamine release, that hormone release that we get from the scrolling and all the different elements of social media is, um, I'm not going to say scary, but it is worthy of knowing about, is really worthy of knowing about. So watch Social Dilemma. I may even watch it again because it's one of those things that is important and it's really necessary in the world we live. Because if we spend all this time on technology, if we spend all this time on the TV, we don't really live our lives. We don't really get out there and move from our passions and live in nature and do the things that are going to activate our well-being. I had such an epiphany the other day. I was riding bikes in Newport with all of my friends. Gorgeous freaking day. Like California is just, summer has come back in, in full force. So we're riding bikes. It's a beautiful day and I'm so high and I'm just having fun with my friends. And it was just one laughter episode after another. And I looked in these bars, there's these bars in Newport and they're always really full, like 11 o'clock in the morning. They're very dark. Like there's some windows, but for the most part you look in there and it's super dark. And I thought, what an interesting thing to do. I, and I've never been the, a kind of person to do this. I mean, I have had times in my life where I'll sit at a bar, but for the most part, I won't just like take my day and sit in a bar. You're sitting in one spot talking probably to maybe friends, maybe strangers, and you're ingesting something that is guaranteeing that you are going to lose your faculties, that you are going to make poor decisions, that you're not going to have your decision-making abilities really intact. Um, possibly your walking, your physical body is going to be affected. Um, most likely you're going to say things um, and talk out of turn, like blah, blah, blah. You know, people that drink, they get louder and they, they talk more, often about things that don't matter. And um, then your emotional field is kind of wide open to whatever. Like you don't have control over anything. So I found that really interesting after I paused and I was like, all the things, all the things they could be doing and they're choosing to do that. And are they choosing is the question. Like, do they even know that they are choosing that over sunshine and fun and laughter? I don't know. It boggles my mind. It really does. It's a, it's an interesting phenomenon to watch. Um, so these are some of the questions that you can ask yourself. So first of all, is there anything that, you know, you have in your life that you feel you have it in your life and you need it to function? You need it to feel better. You need it to feel happy. You need it to feel good, right? If you're reaching outside of yourself, you're doing that from, you know, not really paying attention to what's going on within you're not allowing yourself to really connect with that wellness inside of you, that stream, that infinite stream of connection to who you truly are and to the fact in the matter that you can be completely happy and whole and healthy just sitting in silence. Believe it or not, it's true. So, um, so ask yourself if there's anything like that. You know, in order to become whole, we must ask these questions within. One is, why do I need this? The other one is like, why am I being called to even look at this? If you're being called to look at something, especially if it's something that's causing detriment in your life, like if it's alcohol and you're waking up and you're feeling not great. And this is the thing about alcohol peeps. Um, when you take a long break from it, you're going to realize how much effect it really has on you. We don't realize this until we take a break from it. My husband's whole personality changes when he doesn't drink. Whole personality. He gets sillier. He gets wittier. He's happier. His vibe is better. He has better energy. He has better workouts. Like I've seen it like firsthand how much alcohol affects him. When he's doing the daily drinking thing, when, which he hasn't done in a while, he's just, it's a lower level and it's like stress. Like he's just trying to like deal, like just just mask the stress. That's all it does. And the thing also about alcohol is it masks the stress, but then it creates more anxiety because it puts you in a frequency of anxiety. It actually activates anxiety in your body and tunes you into the station of anxious thoughts. That's why you wake up in the middle of the night and your heart's racing and you're thinking about all this crap and you can't sleep. 
happens to so many people I've seen. Um, I have a friend who drinks a lot every weekend and usually either Monday or Tuesday, he will be up all night detoxing. That's what happens when you detox. So if you take time off 30, 45, 60, they say something magical happens at 90 and I've done a hundred and I won't lie 90. It's, it's almost like it lets you go. You know, it allows you to just be free. Um, I've seen, I, I'm on a group called one year, no beer. If you're interested, look them up on Facebook. Fantastic group, fantastic group of people all over the world who are dealing with this. And, you know, in the UK in the European countries, it's definitely, um, I'm not going to say it's more prevalent, but it definitely like a lot of the people are from Europe for sure. And it started in there. So that makes sense. But to watch their stories and to watch what they go through and to, to see, to witness the detriment that alcohol has had on a lot of these people's lives. And a lot of it is physical. You know, these people are facing liver problems and all sorts of stuff. So um, it's an awakening for sure. And I love being a part of it. I absolutely do. I've been part of that group for a long, long time. And, um, and I'm, I'm really blessed. I've met some wonderful people through it. Okay. So why do I need this is a great question. How am I, how am I lying to myself? You know, like what is the story I've got going on about this that every morning I wake up and I don't want to do it. And then I continue to do it. What's the story? And this can be food, TV, shopping, a person, you know, a person maybe that's not good for you. It could be that. Um, is this keeping me from the my fulfillment? Is this keeping me from living my dreams? Is this keeping me stuck? Is this keeping me in a place of not moving forward because I just smoke pot and I don't care? I don't care about anything. And that's just what I want. I just don't want to care about anything, right? Um, how often do I say I won't do it and I still do? That's how you know it's an addiction. If you're, if you're waking up in the morning and you're saying, I'm not going to do it, or you're saying, hey, I'm going to do sober November, and then the first weekend you're drinking again, you know, you got an addiction, okay? Um, let's see. Let's talk about emotional addiction. So emotional addiction is something that can can be a little confusing, so I want to clear this up for you. Jo uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this. He's the one that I learned this from. And it's kind of snowballed into a whole download for me as far as my own life experience. So emotional addiction is this. It's when you have a cycle in your life of emotions that you play over and over and over again. So you might be addicted to drama. We've got a lot of people right now addicted to drama. Oh, the drama just fuels them up, gets them going, gets all those chemicals downloading, the adrenaline, the dopamine, all that stuff is down. Not necessarily, I don't think dopamine because dopamine is the feel good but definitely adrenaline. So you're putting your body in a stressed out state and it, it just creates, it creates so much more reason to be in the drama of life. If you're just looking at reality and you're allowing it to take your power away, you've got to take your power back. You've got to start tuning those things out and decide that you're going to create the life that you want to live. Decide that you're a deliberate creator and those things don't belong in your field because there, you know, there's a couple reasons those things are in your field. One is to trigger you so that it's an invitation to heal. If you're feeling a lot of trigger, if you're feeling a lot of emotions coming up and you're not doing anything about it, you just continue the cycle. You continue these emotions, you allow the fears, you allow the anger, you allow the frustration. That's an addiction to an emotion. If you would like to heal this emotion and release the energy around it, um, you have an invitation. So that's about meditation. It's about going within. We have our group M21 Revolution where we talk about this. We have videos for emotional release work. You go within, you journal, you ask yourself, what is this about? Why do I keep feeling this? Why is this necessary? Just ask yourself these questions because you're going to get infinite intelligence piping in when you start asking, when you stop deflecting, when you stop pushing down, when you stop covering up, when you stop putting all these things in your body and in your experience to not pay attention to the things that need to be healed, that's when you'll do it. That's when you'll do it. When you say enough is enough, when you've had enough and you realize 
that you want to be a conscious creator, that you want, this is the thing for me right now. I don't want anything to have any power over me. I don't want anything to have control over me. I want to be in the driver's seat. And I don't want to drive us into bad neighborhoods where I'm going to get out of the car and drink a bottle of whiskey. I don't do that anyways. I don't drink whiskey. Um, I used to. Yeah. I used to drink whiskey and sometimes I would smoke cigars. There's a little, there's a little backstory for you. (laughs) Terrible. Makes you wake up and think somebody took a crap in your mouth. Oh, just so gross. (laughs) Man, I'm letting all the cats out of the bag today. (laughs) Um, So... You got to take your power back. You got to decide. You got to become a meditator. You got to quiet this insanity up here, this monkey mind, this, you know, incessance, this incessance on distracting yourself, on creating all these, you know, um, just angst. It's just angst, you know, the tension, the stress, the worry, the all of it. It's just angst. It's like, when are you going to get off the roller coaster ride? Are you ready? You want to get off? I'm giving you an invitation to get off the ride. The ri- I'm stopping the ride and it's your turn to get off. It's time. Okay. All right. Okay. So addictions, where are we going with this? I already did that page. I've got a lot of pages here and I want to get through all of them. Okay. So I'm going to give you the reality of alcohol. And if you don't want to hear this, um, you might want to turn this off. I'm not encouraging you to turn it off. I think maybe even just hearing it and being like subjective about it, you know, like, does this ring true to me? Does this make sense to me? And, um, you know, if you're not ready to give up alcohol, it's worth listening to things that could start to break you away from it. Cause you don't want this shit to control your life. You definitely don't. Okay. I used to refer to it as my abusive boyfriend. So I would wake up in the morning feeling like, I got beat up, right? Headache, nauseous, uh, woozy, not myself, low vibration. And then by the end of the day, I would I would take him back. He'd be like, hey, here I am. I taste good. You're going to feel better, right? Abusive boyfriend. It's an abusive relationship. Absolutely. Um, so it lowers your vibration. It actually activates anxiety. So if you have any anxiety issues or panic attack issues, it is going to be your friend in that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pull you along into that. Um, it creates a situation where you don't deal with stuff. So you're not dealing with life. You're not actually working on manifesting your stuff. So it'll slow down your manifestation process. It will slow down your desires because it, it makes you apathetic. So you don't really have a strong connectional energy to the things that you want to manifest. Creates confusion, um, creates crappy sleep, kills brain cells. Oh man, it kills the brain cells. You want to be smart? You want to age properly? Don't do it. Lowers your immune system. Anytime I've had some really good weekends, really good uh, partying weekends, I have gotten sick. In fact, when I got COVID, I was at a party and drank more than I had in years. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got COVID two days later. Um, diffuses your life force so you don't have as strong of a life force coming through you. Creates apathy. Drives the behavior of who you say you don't want to be. Yeah. Ages you. Good Lord. The people that I've seen that drink a lot, they look so freaking old. I don't want to look old. I don't want to feel old. I am all about vitality and life force. So think about that. Derails your workouts. Derails, derails your derails your healthy behavior. So you're eating good. You're taking care of yourself. You're putting good things in your body. Don't you wake up with a hangover and want like a burger and fries? I know I usually do. Um, and so those are just some of the things. So I'm going to give you a couple of references to um, really good books to read. Recovery by Russell Brandt. I loved, I read that book because I had someone living with me who was addicted to um, heroin. And that book gave me a really good scope of what someone who is addicted to things goes through. So that was really good from my compassion standpoint. Um, Kick the Drink Easily by Jason Vale is a game changer. It changes belief systems. It's one of the reasons why I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on this now. Um, And Alcohol Lied to Me. Alcohol Lied to Me is like in your face, man. It will tell you all the toxins of alcohol. Like if you want to give up alcohol, 
that book will, it's really straightforward on what the thing I love about Jason. Oh, and then there's after party, the after party by Drew Charles. He's in one year, no beer. I've watched his journey. It's absolutely fantastic. What he's done. He was extremely addicted to drugs and alcohol and he is like four years sober or three years. I mean, just, and he's changed his complete whole life, whole life. And so he shares his experience there. Um, the thing that I realized and kick the drink easily is just about the social programming piece of it and how much we've been programmed that if we're going to go to a party and have fun, we have to drink. And that if we're sober, we don't have fun. So there's, you know, there's some elements to alcohol loosening you up. There's no doubt about it, especially if you have social anxieties, it definitely does, you know, activate a looseness within us. But don't we want to be the ones who like can do that ourselves? Like, do we want to rely on, on a, a toxin to do that for us. I would rather just be able to be in that high vibe on my own. All right. So these are the gifts of sobriety, things that you may not even know. Okay. And these are things that I have paid attention to and just giving it up and, and taking time away from it. One huge thing is presence. You are extremely present when you're not drinking. What I've noticed with drinking after that hundred days, I got really aware of like what was going on. The first time I drank was on my husband's birthday and we were in this beautiful like Airbnb on the beach and I had a drink or I had two drinks that night and I realized how fast time went. It went so fast. It was almost like I couldn't enjoy it because enough because it was going so fast. So presence, being truly present to people, to situations, to fun, to life, it takes you out of that. The other thing it does, it lowers your vibration. It's a lower, it's a, it's, it's a downer. <laughs> Believe it or not, it feels like an upper. It's a total downer. So the next day you're going to be lower than you were before. You're going to, you're going to be battling with thoughts. You're going to be battling with low vibrational frequencies and you're going to have to up level. Um, one of the things that I would always do is kind of beat myself up for it and feel disappointment. I don't do that anymore, thankfully, because I noticed that that self-sabotage, that, you know, beating yourself up thing perpetuates a lower frequency. So I would just be like, it was fun, whatever, and just let it go. So I'm definitely better about that. But then, you know, you've got less energy, you're more tired. Um, you're not, you're not as happy. I'm sorry. You are not as happy. You are not in that frequency and that high vibrational energy. Um, you're definitely going to be cloudy cloudy for sure. So if you want clarity, if you want focus, if you want, if you want to drive your passions, um, drinking alcohol is not the way to get there. Sorry to say, but it's true. Okay. So now in order, let's see, where are we skipping around here? Here's some good questions. Do I ignore my own well-being for this? Do I put my well-being aside for this substance? Do I partake in it when I say I don't want to? Um, and then the other one was, yeah, I said that one already, but I got to say it again. How often do I do this when I say I don't want to? That's a huge one. That's a huge one because that's powerlessness. So here it goes. It starts with a thought. It could be a triggered thought. It could be, you know, my trigger is five o'clock. That's what we used to do, five o'clock. Actually, it was more like four o'clock because like Oprah came on and I have my Chardonnay and my wheat thins and I'd watch Oprah. Um, so is it a time of day? Is it a person? Like my husband and I, when we get together and we have a beautiful meal, that could be a trigger for me. My new thing is Arnold Palmer in a wine glass. I really love that. And I love mocktails. They are sugar, but whatever. Um, mocktails are delicious. They really are. And they don't they don't have any of the repercussions that alcohol does. Um, it could just be a habit. And uh, there is a saying out there, a, ha a bad habit is no longer a habit. When you know it's a habit, it's a choice. So you can take your, you can choose, you know, you can choose what you're going to do with that. You can decide no more. You can make a decision. The biggest thing is making a decision like I'm doing Sober November. That was a decision for me. And it was an important decision around my own well-being. Like, what do I want to do with my life right now? I want to be clear. I want to be focused. I want to be creating. I want to be in this high vibe that I can share with people. Alcohol has no place for that right now. Um, you must become aware and interrupt in the very beginning. So as soon as the thoughts start, you can either do the road mapping like I did, take yourself to the past of why you gave it up 
and then take yourself to the future of how you're going to feel if you did it. That's really, really good. I do that with exercise too. It's like, it, I actually don't think about exercise very much. I just get up and do it because it's just easier that way. And that's how I get it done. Um, but I, uh, you know, if I start to go down that road of not wanting to exercise, I'll take myself past it and I'll go, but you're going to feel so good. Just go, right? Just go. It's so good. So good. So you can start interrupting. Um, what can I do differently to take yourself back to that situation when you said you were done? What can I do differently right now? Right? Oh, this is it. Okay. So I got it. Sorry. Okay. I skipped ahead. Um, you mu- so every, if you slip, this is if you slip. So there's a lot of people in these sober groups, they slip and they get really mad at themselves and they beat themselves up. Remember I said, do not beat yourself up. That does not help one bit. Take your situation. If you had a slip up and look at it and process it, look at how the trigger happened. Look at how the thoughts, look at what thoughts created the good idea to do it. And then make it a process so that you learn from it. So that next time you can catch yourself, next time you can be conscious about it. Because if you don't pay attention to it, you just beat yourself up about it. You're most likely going to do it again and probably pretty soon because you feel bad. And alcohol is in that low frequency. So in order to feel better, you're going to drink. So take yourself before it. And look at what you did leading up to it and how it all played out. That is the best way to become conscious about creating. So learning from that, taking yourself, you know, and learning from your experiences will help you to create some kind of connection with success because then you know where your triggers are, you know where you slipped, you can learn from it, and it becomes a process that is progress instead of pulling you back. Connect to the emotions that created the trigger. So going within and asking yourself, what was I feeling? And this is the thing about alcohol. However you're feeling when you start ingesting it is most likely going to manifest. So if you're pissed off, if you're trying to get out of stress, it's just going to create more of that connection to that frequency. If you're in a super high vibe place and you and it you feel like it's going to be an enhancement, it will. But for the most part, for the most part, And that is one of the main reasons why I haven't completely said I'm never going to drink again, because that statement and in doing that in my life does not bring me joy. It makes me feel like I'm um, actually that I'm missing out or that I'm punishing myself or something. And that may change. Like I've said before, I, I feel different this time than I have in the past where I just feel like it's running its course. I kind of feel that way. So it may change for me, but for now that whole being like, I never am going to drink again. It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right to me. I think I need to be in this process and making the progress and sharing that with people to be my authentic self. That's just me. Okay. Um, but I also don't think that I have any sort of physical addiction to it. I really don't. I think it's just thoughts and I think it's circumstances and I do not believe I have a physical addiction. So, um, so if you are that person and you know, when you start, this was one thing that my daughter had shared when she starts drinking, she can't stop. So she'll have a bottle of wine and she has to finish it. And that's different. That's different for me. I don't feel that way. I can throw a half a bottle of wine down the sink. So, um, so look at that and just ask yourself, when you start drinking, is it something that you cannot stop? First of all, you cannot say no, you, you know, overindulge and end up super hungover. Or is it something that you can go to dinner and have a glass of wine and just enjoy yourself and not have any repercussions? So those, those are questions for yourself. Um, so that sabotaging energy actually causes a lot of unworthiness. And it activates the unworthiness and tells you that you're not good enough. And so that's an invitation. That's an invitation to heal that stuff. So addictions to emotions. How do I know if I'm addicted to an emotion? It's all in how you feel, baby, and the cycles that you are living. If you are waking up every day and you are seeing these really low emotional patterns of like depression, um, anxiety, uh, frustration, uh, being pissed off with the world, all of those energies are creating in your life experience 
and you may have an addiction to them. You may have, you know, chemicals that are released in your body. They may make you feel important. You know, maybe getting mad at the world makes you feel important. Maybe it makes you feel powerful. But at the end of the day, it's creating a lot of misery in your body and it's actually creating a physical, it could be creating physical conditions that are linked to illness and disease. So you've really got to clean that up. You've really got to chill out. You really got to chill out and you've got to break away from these addictions. If it feels like a trigger, like a super strong emotional trigger, that is always an invitation to heal. It's always an invitation to go within and say, okay, what are we dealing with? And why do I feel so strongly about this? It's an invitation to heal. And can I release it? Um, Identity creation, a lot of it is like, who would I be without it? So if you're like the life of the party, you know, you're the life of the party. Or if you are the drama queen, you know, and you've always got these dramas and you've got, you know, things playing out where you're always feeling left out. I actually had a conversation yesterday with someone and a good friend, and she was telling me that she kind of has this thing where she's always feeling left out. And I was like, that's something to look at. That's something to look at, that rejection energy, because you're putting that energy out there and people are showing it to you. So you've got to go within and ask yourself, what is this about? Most of our connections are like playground shit or, you know, kindergarten or, you know, our siblings or our parents those low belief systems, those those energetic ties to unworthiness and powerlessness that we were taught as we were, you know, growing up that are our invitation to step back into our power. That's what they are. We can't know how powerful we are until we know how, um, you know, until we know that powerlessness. So they're always an invitation to go within and start asking yourself, start journaling. Who would I be without this? Who would I be without this? How would I feel without this? Where would I go? How many friends could I make if I didn't have this issue, right? There's a lot of good stuff on the other side of it. <clears throat> so connecting with your desires to heal and making a decision that you're done with it. Okay, so a couple stories. I've actually, I think I've shared this story before, but it, it bears repeating because it was a cycle in my life and it was one of the things that I noticed I had an addiction to and that was resentment. So over the course of many, many years, I've had a lot of family members and things and people that always asked a lot of me, me and my husband. And, you know, that's what they say, like the, what do they say? The road to, um, oh, the road to hell is, no, that's not what I want to say. The um, no good deed goes unpunished. That's what I wanted to say. So, you know, we were always doing good things. We were always really helpful people. We love people. We love, love, love people sometimes. Uh, you know, and we put our own well-being aside for sure. So it set up energies of resentment within me. And I did things that I didn't want to do. And I did things out of, you know, like bypassing my own self-integrity. And when I took my power back, there was residuals from that. And the residuals that were from that came out in my family life to my kids. So my kids, you know, of course, like here I am, a mom of four daughters, <clears throat> raising them from an extremely early age. So there's no like dream of mine. There's like nothing. There's piles of laundry and a lot of um, diapers, you know? So you, your own well-being gets pushed aside quite a bit. And my husband's out there working as hard as he can to make a living, to create a big successful business. So we're in these situations where <clears throat> I just feel less than all the time. And super resentful. So like they're asking me to do things and I'm just like, I'm tapped out. I'm tapped out. And this is before, you know, of course I started meditating. But even after that, I would just notice. And I would notice that I would offer things to them that they weren't asking for because I was always trying to overcompensate for what I didn't get as a child. And my husband does the same thing, has done the same thing. We're working on this. So, and I would, you know, be in that rescue mode of trying to rescue them and it's all disempowerment. It's all disempowerment. So <clears throat> trying to control everything, trying to have power over everything and you end up feeling unworthy and powerless. And so I lived in resentment a lot. And I also realized recently that if I don't say what's on my heart and I don't communicate what I need, 
that that is an addiction. That's an addiction to everybody should know how I feel. And it leaves me, renders me like, you know, sad, (laughs) sad and mad and frustrated and not a happy mom. So I've begun asking my children for what I need, asking my husband for what I need, telling him what's on my mind instead of holding all this shit inside and then having it come out in other ways, you know, and triggers and in batshit craziness, in temper tantrums. So, you know, I've worked on that. So when I feel it come up, when I feel myself starting to get like, nobody helps me, I stop. I stop. So this happened to me recently. I stopped. I looked at it and I was like, is this the way I want to feel? Because the way you feel is what you create more of. So it's like, do I want more of this? Hell no, do I want more of this? So where do I go? I got to go to a different pathway. I have to go to a different frequency. I've got to reach higher. I've got to decide that I'm not doing this anymore. So that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to feel powerless. I'm not going to feel unworthy. I'm going to decide that I can be in love and appreciation and gratitude for my kids, for my life, for my family, and get out of this you know, lower density habits of thought. That's all they are, habits of thought. It's not even energy that's really in my body anymore because I've done a lot of energy release work. If you've got this shit manifesting in your body, the thing about that is you've got chakras that are blocked up. And if you do, then you're going to have unreasonable fears. You're going to, you're not going to be able to move forward. You're not going to be motivated. You're not going to understand why you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, which is the definition of insanity. So let's not do that. Okay. If you're listening to this show, hopefully you're not doing that. Hopefully you're meditating, deciding, and connecting with what you want to create. Whoo! All right. So freeing yourself. Free yourself. I love, I love the idea of freedom. And the truth is when you free yourself from these things that are holding you back or holding you prisoner or holding you hostage, when you free yourself, you cannot imagine what's on the other side. When you let go of these bullshit behaviors, the amount of of miracles and blessings and co-creative energies that have been sitting here just waiting for you are incredible. You cannot even fathom. You cannot fathom the high frequency that you're going to get in when you let go of low-dense substances. You can't imagine the freedom you're going to feel when you're not taxing your credit cards and over maxing your credit cards all the time because you're trying to fill a hole and you got a closet full of clothes with tags on them and you just keep wanting to shop, right? Or the Amazon is constantly at your door. Um, so consciously creating, becoming that powerful creator is a huge part in being in a high frequency in connecting with that expression of source that is coming through you and allowing you to co-create together, allowing you to create your dreams, fulfill those dreams and become more, become more. We don't want to do anything that's messing with the life force. You know, we don't want to do anything that's dumbing us down. We want to be brilliant. We want to live from our true essence. We want to be um, light beings. We want to be, um, uplifters. I mean, maybe you don't, but I do like I, my intention all the time is to walk around and have fun. It's to be lighthearted. It's to connect with people. It's to have these cool, energetic, you know, exchanges that make me laugh, that make me feel better, that make me know that I'm alive. Do you know that you're alive? Do you feel your life force coming through you? Do you feel that connection to the creation of all that is and that all that is possible for you? You have an infinite, infinite amount of possibilities that are there for you. You just got to let go of these things that are just holding you down and keeping you from your true essence and your true brilliance. I believe in you and I know that if you have a desire in your heart to let go of these things that are holding you apart from your high vibrational energy, then you will do it. You will absolutely make a decision and do it because you wouldn't be listening to this if, if that wasn't true. Am I right? 
I think I'm right. All right, so I can't believe I got through like a million pages here on addiction, and I believe I am, whoo, I believe I am talked out on this situation. But let me know if you have questions about this. You can find me, um, livelifegolden at gmail is my email. Livelifegolden.com is my website. I'm do- undergoing some changes on my website that I'm super pumped about. And, um, people keep asking me if I do coaching and the truth is, um, I do love working with people. I love doing energy release work. It is absolutely one of the most transformative things I've ever seen occur for people. But right now I'm focusing on groups. So I'm doing some groups and my next group will be launching in January. If you are interested, let me know and I'll hold a spot for you. I think it's, I, trust that it's going to be a pretty big group because I'm taking some time off. Uh, So I'll do a transformation call with you so you can see if the group is right for you and you can get a sample of this work. So that will be coming up in January. Right now I am just doing women, but if I had a group of men come to me, I would not say no because I do have a couple of guys that I could reach out to that I know are interested in this work. Um, That would be amazing. That would be more expansion and more growth, and I'm totally interested in that. The six-week program is called Ignite the Fire Within Challenge, and I can honestly tell you for the 20 or so women that have gone through this, it is life-changing. I saw a picture of someone yesterday on Facebook who went through the program, and uh, wow, like what a transformation. So you're not just going to get a spiritual transformation or an emotional transformation, you're going to get it all. It's physical, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it's taking your power back and it's helping you to connect with um, mind training, which I believe is like the most powerful thing out there is mind training and emotional energy release work is so fantastic. I'm so in love with it. Um, I also have my book, Quantum Speak. You can message me for that. So I'm on Facebook at Golden Duffy and on Instagram at Live Life Golden. Um, right now, I don't really, it's on Amazon, but if you want like a channeled message, I will do that for you if you just message me and we can do uh, Zelle or Venmo. And that's, I forget how much I can let you know. And then I have Quantum Speak for Parents. So I'm doing it, I'm going to do an extra podcast this week, and that's going to be on parenting because I have um, someone in my group asking. So I'm like, I've been wanting to do one on parenting for a while. So the time has come. So that will be my next episode, and it will come out right after this one. How cool is that? Um, If you're not a parent, you may want to listen to it because I'm going to do some relationship stuff in there too. So it'll be helpful for marriage. I'll do marriage and parenting. How about that? Cool, cool, cool. All right. I love you guys. Ah, let's grow this thing. Please share this with your friends. If you've got a particular episode that speaks to you that you think will speak to someone else, please share it. Um, there's power in numbers. There's power in growing this message. There's, um, there's an ability for us all to take our power back and create a better world. And the way we're going to do it is by knowing this shit. It's by meditating. It's about knowing who we are. And it's, it's about no longer acting from triggers. It's no longer being in these reactive states, but instead being a conscious creator who has the ability to respond, who has the ability to decide where you're going to go next, where you're going to put your attention and what your focus is on. And when you decide that, what you focus on expands. So that's why I live very joyfully. And you know, my life isn't perfect, but I pretty much share the crap that happens, but for the most part, it's like the high frequency is there and I'm always surprised and delighted. This morning was crazy. So this morning I got up and I knew we had this really intense workout. It's called the gauntlet. It's absolutely insane. But I found out yesterday that we were doing it today and thank goodness because I was mentally prepared once I went in there and I had this intention today to just kill it. Like I, my my fitness level has up-leveled so much that I'm just like, I'm going in and I'm getting it. And I've done this, I've done the gauntlet probably 10 times, maybe, maybe a little less. And in the first, the first time I did it, I was like, I don't, I don't think I finished it. It's, it's a big workout. It's giant. You can see the, I put it on Facebook, the workout, but I did it in 38 minutes, which I shaved four minutes off my last time. So that was amazing. And I feel incredible. Usually it like zonks me for the day, but I feel so good. I feel really powerful. So that started off my day. So I'm in high frequency with that. Um, 
some other things happen. Somebody messaged me with a free um, vibrational something or other, like they're going to come and do this session with me, which is so cool. And I, and then I got this other message about somebody helping me get on other podcasts, which has been a, an ask of mine. I was asking and asking it as given. So that happened. And then I had this body session with my amazing body worker, Lawrence in Laguna. I went to the beach and I sat at the ocean and wrote out this podcast. And on the way to Laguna, I was thinking, God, this is like a Monday of magic and miracles. And I look in front of me and the license plate is love magic. I mean, you cannot make this shit up, right? Then I look to the left and it says this moment. And then I look to the right and it says, am great. I'm like, this day is fantastic. It's just absolutely fantastic. Like, just bring it. Just let's go. So when you're in those high frequencies, you're going to get an indication of it. You're going to get considerations. You're going to get opportunities to feel more of it. So you're going to be at like the top of your joy and then something else is going to happen. You're going to go, and then this, like, and then this. And it's like, that's how it works. The better it gets, the better it gets. And I am not lying. Like that's the truth of my life. And that's why I'm so passionate about sharing this because I want more people to come along. I want to see more joy. I want to see more love. I want to see more passion in this world. And I think that's how we take our power back. All right, people. I love you. Peace.